Hey there, you got Jeff. I've got about 15 seconds before my dog barks again, so I'll make this quick. If you're looking to connect with other customer success leaders who are trying to operationalize customer success in their companies, come over to gaingrowretain.com and join now. Hey everybody, this is Jay. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. Today we have the opportunity to sit down with Megan Macaluso, who is the VP of Customer Success and Operations at ESG, which is a customer success as a service company. Uh, prior to that, she was with a, a large company called Service Source, so she's been around some really cool customer success programs. Uh, we met Megan about a year ago at CS100 and just have really enjoyed our relationship with her and getting to know her. She's a lot of fun. We spent time on the podcast talking about partner success programs, which is something that we get approached about uh, probably three, four, five times a year. So it's an exciting topic. Uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Welcome to the Game Grow, Retain podcast. I think it's harder for companies. You have to be a little bit bigger before you can actually start putting a really strong channel partnership in place. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know of many like early stage SaaS companies who have thrived exclusively off of a channel program out of the gates. No, but, and I think part of it too is like success with a partner generally means you really need to have your act together from like an operational standpoint. So if you're going to bring in another company that says, oh yeah, we're going to help you sell, we're going to, we're going to be partners in this environment. If, if your, um, if your operations aren't clear, if your value isn't clear, partners are going to have, it's, I mean, I look at I mean, partners a lot like customer success, right? Like you need to make your partners successful. Like you need to think of them the same way as you do your customers, which means enabling with them with all the training, with all the material, with all the um, the stuff they need to go and do their job on as, as a partner of yours. Yeah. Um, and I think like a new company has to figure out how to do that well, like and get that feedback from your partners and say like, am I giving you what you need for this? Yeah. Are we good partners together? Does this actually make sense? Um, so there's probably a lot of trial and error. How, when how, do, you, how do you know? Out. Yeah. How do you know what the the motion that you have, you have to teach your partners the customer success motion, right? Yep. The sales motion, everything. You have to teach all that to them. So how do you teach it to them without knowing what it is yourself? Exactly. Right. I think and that's probably, that's probably why you don't see a lot of earlier stage companies doing that unless they mm -hmm. are exclusively set up with that model in mind and they build that from day one. It's just part of, part of the, part of the deal. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's back up a little bit. So, so what is the purpose of the partnership in your experience? So it's a super broad question, I know. It is. There's so many. Um, there's so many different ways to look at it. So um, let's say you're a SaaS company and you're not a services company, right? Like that. Um, typically, companies are really good at one or the other, especially you know, I don't want to even say early, but it takes a lot of time to develop both of those disciplines. Um, and so as a SaaS company, if you are finding like your customers need more one-on-one -on -one attention to help them customize your tool, help you understand how to like really um, absorb that solution into their environment, right? You need a services arm of your organization. Um, and so I've seen, you know, there's a lot of good like services companies that are like, I'm not a software company, but I work with software com customers, right? And then software guys are like, I don't want to be a services company. That's a, you know, Say it. they don't want to deal with. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. I know, yeah. We're going to try to um, use good language on this. Um, yeah, you're going to try to make sure that we don't have to put the explicit tag on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think, like, I've seen that a lot where, like, if you can come together there, um, that's really nice. Uh, I think in the customer success world, we're seeing a lot of, like, 
you know, all these different areas of expertise that a lot of us have and that you can provide a lot more value to your customers if we are working in partnership and in conjunction with one another to say like, hey, I don't do training, right? Like we we don't provide that as a service, but um, Kristen Hayer at Success Lead does or um, Aaron Thompson at Success, Success Hackers does and those are really good people to work with. So how do we partner together so that we can help you do these, um, all the things that you want? Yeah, that's um, a good example. Yeah. And every software company, right? I think, well, my definition, I'll just add to what you said, of a partnership is it creates economic value for both or all the parties that are involved in it greater than you could achieve on your own. And I think a lot of times, well, it depends on the type of business, but um, any partnership you create has got to have an economic model that Mm -hmm. makes sense, right? Even if it's the ROI is, hey, we're gonna increase our exposure to our brand because we're gonna do a marketing partnership, right? Mm -hmm. Or or we're gonna sign a reseller. I think about like QuickBooks a lot, right? Mm -hmm. QuickBooks is maybe like, I don't know if, if they would even classify themselves as a reseller, but you have all these small accounting agencies all across the country and in the world indeed, right? And and they're using QuickBooks, they're using that software for every single customer, right? Every single customer has their own account. We have our own QuickBooks account. I don't ever log into it. My accountant does, right? Yeah. But that to me is like, that accountant is in that market. They're in the channel and that's why it's a channel partnership there in that, in that instance, right? Mm-hmm. So they are effectively a reseller meaning they handle everything yep. except building the platform itself. They handle the service. They maybe even provide managed services like my accountant does, right? He runs yeah. the software for me to get me my outcome. So, yep. and then there's referral partnerships, right? And that's a different kind of value. It's a mm-hmm. little bit looser coupled, yep. but um, so, but I think what I was hoping to zero in on is like that reseller channel partnership. So, mm-hmm. you know, when companies have that, what are the elements of it and how do we bring customer success into into that environment so traditionally it's like product marketing and sales that's what you Mm -hmm. think about in the partnership but now we have to think about customer success Mm -hmm. so how do you bring customer success into a partner program how have you done this in the past well we're i mean we're in the middle of working through um some of like i said some of that that digital transformation or hey we're traditionally a hardware um, you know, like a physical product company that has been working in a very transactional way. Um, you know, you think about something like we have a global presence, right? And so if, if that's the case, you re- rely really heavily on your distributors um, or your resellers to bring your physical product to the market. Um, and often they're the ones that have the relationship. So yep. like, you know, a really good example might be like an MSP you know, like a managed services provider that's like, oh, hey, I have relationships with Cisco and with Juniper and with Avaya. And so I can build you a solution that is inclusive of all these different product types. And that is my value that I'm providing to you. Now, then it gets really difficult if you are one of those vendors and you have your now your own customer success program, you have a way that you work with your customers, but you do not have direct access to your customers. Um, and so how do you work with your partners to ensure that the customer experience of those end users and those decision makers um, meets with your values um, and meets with your strategy? Um, and that's uh, that's the, where it's real sticky right now. Like, 
Um, how do you collaborate together? And I think some of the different pathways that companies are looking at are like, okay, so I would like to enable my partner to do customer success the way that I do it. So we have a customer health score. We have a platform that we use. We have a way that we do this. We're going to give our partner access to that. And then there's some expectation that they are going to pick up and run with the way that we like to do things. So that's one right. option. There's... Oh, you know, I think we maybe just want to go direct on this because this is not something where like our partners necessarily provide a ton of value. Like my people know our software solution better than our partners do. We have, you know, we want to see the data. We want to, you know, build the relationships. We want to control the digital mark, you know, uh, communication. Um, so do we go around the partnerships? But like that's that's hard territory because a lot of times in that scenario, you've been working with that partner for a really long time. And they are, to your earlier point, Jay, like you are reliant on one another um, for yeah. really critical parts of the business. Uh, so it is not an easy problem to solve. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, we were talking about earlier, like creating things like a partner success program, I think is a really great approach. Like make your partner successful. How, like, what, what does it take for your partner to be successful? What, how do you, you know, I think in like TSIA, I think Phil Nanis brought this up at the beginning of last year, like that data sharing piece is so critical between partners and companies and it's not happening. Like people get like bringing that customer information back and forth. Like that's yeah. so much value that you're bringing to each other to help enable one another for the value of your customer. And so um, those are just different ways of thinking about it and approaching it, I guess, that, that yeah. as a, as well, a I, I, I think you know p partner partner programs. They they seem, uh, in my experience, that the ones that I've been exposed to and the ones yes. that I've been, um, I, I would say the the people that I've worked with in those programs who are trying to get even my company to be a partner with them. Yeah, they are. It's almost like a it's almost like a transactional sales kind of model, right? A lot of times they do roll up to the commercial organization, um, and they tend to be very focused on getting a deal in place. And then it's it's more about you know, we have to be careful to make it more about or not not only about the sales right? right in the same way in our company we have to not only focus on selling right because we know how important customer success is I think you and I have probably <laughs> talked about it as much as anybody at this point but like then how do you how do you make a partnership around it so partnership partner success program I love that concept so let's unpack it a little bit sure. do you. Do you think, so let's say we have a company and I actually happen to know of a company that you know, we're talking to right now, 40% of their business comes through channel. Okay. So through channel partners, resellers, to be very clear. So, you know, do you think about partner success being um, a group of like CSMs almost on steroids that manage the partner relationships and they're not touching the end customer? What other elements of that exist in your mind? I have some ideas I want to share with you and get your feedback too, sure. but I'm curious how you think um, about so it. What I've seen work well that translates was um, when I was doing a lot of renewals work, um, you know, when, when you're talking about aligning strategically with your partner, the things that we have access to now that like, I mean, again, traditional maintenance renewals business is like, all right, well, somebody's showing up 60 to 90 days ahead of renewal and we're getting you a quote, we're going to close a thing and all that. But so yep. but that's, it, that's, that's going away. Yep. Um, and Old so the thing, software model. Yep. Right. Going so the, away. Thing, the thing that you have now though, is you can say, Hey partner, like I've got all this data that shows what all of your customers are doing. So I'm going to share with you with, share that with you 
often, right? Like we're going to meet and to your point, I love, you know, we love the concept of partner success managers, right? They have relationships with your, their, your partners, like they're bringing data to the table. They're bringing value to the partner to say of your customers that are expiring this year, here are the ones that are at risk, right? Based on our health scoring understanding, right? Yeah. And let's talk about what, how we help each other fix that problem. Like, like why, why is that happening? Right. Um, so it, it, yeah, I think the relationship building piece is critical. I think the trust between, um, you know, a partner and a vendor has to be there. Like I've certainly been in the middle of event, like contentious reseller and vendor relationships. And you know, that gets super gross. Like, yeah, <laughs> really, like the customers pay the price for any of that stuff that gets in the way. So um, yeah, if you have, if there's something on your end, and it is generally data, I think, and to your point, training, um, marketing material, education, all that enablement stuff that says, partner, like, here's all the stuff you need to go do this well, and let's have a strategy together. So here's your book of business, here's the customers, here's what we're trying to do, here's what you're trying to do, how we get it done, yep. um, which is not an easy thing to do. So that's where, that's where that like, relationship piece is really critical, because you need people working as a team toward a common goal. Yeah. It's not easy to do. And you know, the, the thing that I, I most, I've sort of gone around in my head about this over the past couple of months, it actually maps really closely to what you and I do for a living. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, what, we, what you're teaching, what you're doing as a vendor with a channel program is you want to go deploy a customer success program. So you actually have to be a consultant to your partners, right? Mm -hmm. And sort of help them understand the core elements of that you're going to bring some things with you like data in, in a very specific playbook around your, your product, but you've got to make it fit into their environment. So a reseller to your earlier point, if it's an MSP, you might not be the only thing they're reselling. They could be bringing a full suite of solutions, you know, up and down a technology stack or, mm -hmm. you know, across their, you know, whatever it is that they, they uh, do for their, their clients. So you have to be able to tailor that to every, and every MSP is going to be different in some way, right? So you then have to not only just give them the playbook, but you have to help them tailor it to what they're doing. So I think if you ask me, I, I think a partner success manager is somebody who can not only teach you how to, how to sell it, but teach you, help you fit it into your operating environment. Yeah. Right. And so that makes them look automatically a little bit more like a consultant than just a partner manager who's worried about the metrics. So maybe it's, well, there's, there's probably two different roles. That's but. adoption. That yeah. is, here's what it is. How do we make this work for you in a way that both supports you and our shared customer base? Right. Um, I think the other really critical element, having seen this done well and seen it really not done well. So I'll use Cisco <laughs> as an example, right? Like um, Cisco, when I was, like doing maintenance renewal work with them. Um, what I found a lot of success there was their partner um, technology, their partner programs, like their partner incentives were all pretty clear, right? Like if you were a partner and you wanted to know, okay, I know that I have to do X things in order to maintain my status as this partner and get this discount, right? So all of that stuff that makes our partnership work, was really clear, right? Like as a as a partner, I could go to their plat their um, you know uh, their platform and say like, okay, here's where I am against my goal. Here's where I can yep. pull my data. Here's all the stuff that I need. Like it wasn't confusing. Um, 
a lot of times it is confusing. So uh, if you're if you have a partner program in place that has all these stipulations and all these expectations of all these things that you want your partner to do to drive the right behavior, um, you got to make it like super easy for them because otherwise you're it's like it just creates a lot of um, confusion and contention and uh, you spend a lot of time like fighting back and forth like well we did this thing and we didn't know we had to do that I mean so the whatever like platform or vein of communication that you have with your partners like it just has to be so easy and self-serve as much as you can right like allow them to like get get what they need from your business without a lot of hassle um, yeah and that, that I think has been a huge like distinguishing factor between successful partner programs I've seen and others that aren't as good. Um, and I think that goes for access to training material, you know, access to marketing material, access to things that are getting updated, like all of that, um, mm -hmm. make it easy for them. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it also you just triggered another thought for me that, you know, again, another parallel to your core customer success program that you're running is that you have to be asking for feedback on those things constantly. So whether it's an effort score, yep. like you sort of just alluded to, like how hard is it to do business with us as a partner uh, or NPS mm -hmm. or, you know, um, or any other, you know, sort of transactional or relationship oriented kind of, kind of feedback there. Mm -hmm. um, can we get back to something else you said a minute ago? I wanted to pick your brain on this whole cloud transformation thing. So <laughs> I think a lot of, these larger companies, Cisco is a great example, you know, they're pivoting their solutions from, you know, being a transactional one-time sale to being a cloud-based subscription offering. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, like, they're having a hard time. I'm not talking about Cisco specifically, but these larger vendors, we've worked with enough of them to know that they have a hard time making that mindset shift from transactional to um, customer lifetime value yeah. oriented. And I wonder if, uh, are you seeing some of these organizations bring their cloud solution sales internal because it's until, so they can get it right. Uh, or are they trying to put, you know, their direct program together and build the channel at the same time with these new cloud solutions with vendors, or I'm sorry, with, with resellers who are probably even more foreign, maybe even further away to this subscription model and its incentives and its drawbacks right. <laughs> than, than the company itself. Does that question make sense? Absolutely. So um, uh, while developing those systems, I generally see it starts inside, right? Like this is, yeah. um, like it generally has looked something like this. Um, oh, we have a new, like let's say, let's take a company that's like really brand new to it, you know, like not, not a technology company that's kind of been straddling the fence for a while, but like a company that is like purely um, goods centered that now has an IoT solution. This is happening all over the place, right? Yep, so, I love this example. And so, um, you know, like the, the kinds of things that you're solving for, and it gets tricky because you got to talk cross-functional too. So, you know, I think a mistake we see a lot is customer success starts to sort of like crop up inside of a, of a place like that and then be in an echo chamber too long without getting the conversations with sales, without getting the conversations with services, without getting the conversations with marketing early enough. And then you got to like go almost like restart again because everything you're doing is impacting absolutely everyone. Um, and channel is one of those elements. And so, um, and it's not an easy problem to solve at all. Uh, and, um, and so, but generally, yes, I see like, hey, let's build this internally. Let's kind of test it out that way before adding the complexity 
of a partner, right? Yeah, yeah. It just makes it harder to do. Um, what we're looking at doing in a couple of places is doing a little A-B testing. Like, okay, let's go a direct vein over here and let's go a partner vein over here and let's figure out which how those work and how they're different um, and see what happens, right? Like, you don't know what you don't know until you, you try. And so, and, and yeah. that, and you know, like, partners have their way of working, right? Like, uh, that's, you're asking them to change. You're asking them to do something very different based on something that you want. Um, and so if you're going to start with any partners, like get your, like ones that are bought in, right? Like if you're going to test yeah. out your program, like get your partners that are like willing to go on the ride with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there's another parallel to to just core customer success is you got to segment your partners the same way you would yeah. think about not the same way, but by <laughs> the unique elements of what a partner looks like. Right. Oh. I think the example that you gave of you're, you're talking a lot about goods based. The ones I, one I always hear thrown around, um, like on Tianzu's uh, blog from Zora, is like, okay, we've got a, a flooring manufacturer. Now they have sensors embedded in the flooring and they sell services alongside yep. of it, right? So we can monitor mm -hmm. traffic in a hospital or whatever the scenario is. I think those examples are really, really cool, by the yep. way. And that's, I think that is a whole nother conversation we could have about where customer success becomes a mainstream thing outside of this little tiny niche of software. We all think it's huge, but for everybody listening to this, we are a little tiny niche in a very, very big world in terms of how we think. Um, but a, a parallel to that in the technology space today is a lot of security companies. They have a lot of you know, technology that's on-premise. It hasn't quite made the transition. It's priced on a one-time basis. Um, you know, and, and I think there's a lot of those companies now shifting their model toward cloud-based subscription consumption and it's interesting to watch but i, th I think that's that's a, a perfect example and by the way those are a lot of companies where partnerships really apply yeah. well too so it, it sort of i don't know i just thought of it it it, it um underscores what you were just saying i and i had a I had an epiphany lately because um one of our clients is um you know has yeah this little incubation of an iot solution they have in one very particular part of the business that we've been working with them on um, and then their executive leadership is like oh man like how do we deploy customer success broadly to everything like whether we have data right. or not or you know can you do customer success if it's if you don't have data and so, you know, we spent a lot of time um, with that executive team on a task force, just what is it? Why does it matter? Like, how do we evolve? Like everyone I think is aware, like we gotta be moving in a different direction because customer expectations are changing regardless of what your service or solution is, right? Like you're, like customers expect a certain thing now. Like we're all getting rewired in terms of how we consume things yep. and so i think the the other huge impact that comes when you're um either dealing with with channel or introducing cs where you haven't before is it's got to be customer first backwards not the other way around and that's like and it's it yeah. gets the whole like everyone in the whole organization has to start thinking that way because you know distribution is very sales driven like you know and so you know it can be like a two-tier thing like all right we're gonna make it and we're gonna sell it to this guy and they get a cut and they're gonna sell it to this guy and they get a cut and then eventually they sell it to somebody right like and then how do you just keep that machine running okay well that's not gonna work with SaaS it's not gonna work with a customer-centric way of thinking for your business it has to be what are they what are your customers trying to do and how are you getting that value to them as efficiently and as effectively as you can and how do you do that through the channel 
Um, and that's like, to your point, like if you do like a value chain or you do like value stream mapping, like this is always like, you're like, oh no, like, like every, like the more twists and turns my yeah. solution has to go through before it winds up to my customer, the more diluted it's going to yeah. be. Um, well, that, so. that just, that, that just conjured for me. I mean, the, the, the fact that you also, you really need to even still maintain a con connection with the end user of that product yeah. as a company, right? As you're designing that product, as you're designing the customer journey, as you're designing the partner program, what you're going to teach the partner how to do, you have to still start with the customer and work backward from that and just acknowledge all the, all those twists and turns that you just mentioned. But I mean, I think a really easy way to talk about, I don't know, value, value stream mapping is like a, like a super buzzy term to me. Like, I think I get it, but isn't it really just like starting with the end, like what the customer value is going to be yeah. and then figuring out how we're going to deliver that through whatever means, whether it's directly or through that, that channel and what those steps should look like for the customer. Yes. And um, I think why, like even an exercise like that at a general level, help, like if the company is like, I have a ton of channel partners, I have this new, very different um, um, thing that I'm selling. Like I've got SaaS now shoot like how does that like, how is it different like how like and again I think having some sort of visual track that shows you like what it's going to take for your <laughs> your product to have this journey from where it starts to where it needs to end up and then what it needs to do yeah how it provides value valuable. like oh shoot I didn't consider like here's a problem right oh like here's yeah. where you get stuck oh here's why my you know what here's why my reseller is not going to give a crap about selling it because right now it's super inexpensive and it's a very small part of our organization. It's going to be a very big part of our organization someday, but why are they going to care about this right now? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not going to do that. That seems like a ton of work and not a lot of money for me. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. And I think the partnership programs that I've seen up close that haven't yielded any value for the company that I was a part of when I watched mm -hmm. this uh, particular example that I'm thinking of there, there wasn't a clear mapping of like, how are we going to make money? How are they going to make money? Mm -hmm. And like the incentives didn't, they weren't as strong. It, it, it's, it, well, I'm getting off track here, but it, it's interesting that it, if you have a very marketing centric person who's putting together a partnership, mm -hmm. then they're going to tend to overemphasize the marketing benefits of that relationship. But at the end of the day, they have to back to our original point. I think we want to be able to drive revenue. Let's talk a little bit more about roles because I think, you know, we've got this, this idea of a partner success manager, which is really more um, of an on like an enablement person, not just for the sales process, but for the delivery process. But do you think there's, there are services that we can provide that, um, that need to come from the, the software manufacturer, like the vendor or the technology manufacturer, whoever it is, um, that would be sort of, uh, I don't know, I think some of the larger ERP manufacturers used to call them like expert services, right? Like you're going to, you have the ability to implement everything, but we have a program that's designed to do quality control across what you're doing. Um, I think of like Workday, I think of SAP, I think of, you know, maybe even NetSuite by now has something like this, but there's a, there's a layer of services that essentially um, just validate the quality that's being delivered in each case. Maybe it's for a specific tier of customers. So how have you seen that play out? Like we've seen things that maybe aren't that advanced yet for the most part um, in terms of what we've worked with directly. Um, so with that caveat, because um, I think that is, that should be your, that's the, that's the how well did we set this up, right? Like, yeah. okay, we made an assumption. 
that if we give our customers or our partners this, um, and we have uh, like, and, and it's interesting, like the services component of like, okay, what, what do you just need to give your partner regardless? Like for, here's the stack of stuff that you get if you're a partner of ours, period. Here are additional services that we can provide you, right? Um, it's very, like, that's a sophisticated part of it. I guess. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times it's like, well, shoot, how is everyone spending the least amount of money possible? Like out of the gate, like these things are like, it's sort of expensive. <laughs> and and yeah. like, you're asking yeah. like, hey, partner friend, so we're changing up all of our stuff. And number one, you need to learn a new thing we're selling. Number two, it's not going to be that much money. Number three, you may need to pay us to learn how to do it. Number four, you're going to need to like log into our system to do it. Number five, I mean, like, holy smokes, like, how do you like make, just how do you make it as easy as you can? And so to your point, if you have like a services package, you're like, okay, partner, I understand this is going to be difficult for you, but here's where we're going, right? Like, here's where we're headed. Like we all need to get on board. And so how can I create that service that I'm going to give you that you may need to pay for that's going to provide value to you? Um, Cause Jay, to your point, there has to be like partner stuff kind of needs that carrot and stick piece where it's like, well, if you don't do these things, we can't be partners. But if you do do these things really well, like we want to incent you to continue to do that. Yeah. Right. So anything that you provide should be driving them to sell more and to provide their customers better experiences. Um, there's just a lot to that. I it, and it requires a lot of like working and testing and iterating to see what actually sticks. And it's probably yeah. all your partners, by the way, like they're so varied. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you can almost see it play out in, um, in again, in like earlier stage companies, you can, you can see it play out there. There's like, um, it, they are expensive. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people don't, don't realize that everybody wants a partner program, but, um, you know, I've seen it up close where maybe a growing SaaS company has a partner program where they're just building it out and then they're actually just trying to call in favors from different parts <laughs> of the organization, right? Like, hey, sales engineering team, can you help us like just put together some materials for how, like, or go give the partner, you know, the partners a demo on how to, how to, how to sell this, right? Yeah. And then you're, you're calling in the services team, like they're just going to need a little bit of help, you know, trained up. Can you just do that? And it's like, it doesn't feel very um, like a very formal approach yeah. uh, when, when that happens. But again, like that's earlier stage, but it doesn't feel very deliberate to me when, when that happens. And, and it, when it doesn't feel deliberate to the partner, then yeah. then it doesn't feel like a real program. And that's partner experience, right? So maybe yet another parallel to just the overall customer success model that we want to have for our direct customers. And, well, and as you're talking, right, like as things become customer centric, you see all the silos having to, I mean, I think the world we're living in is everyone's got to be working together for the same thing. Um, and so like uh, internally at an organization, customer success is like, well, we're not sales and we're not support and we're not marketing and we're not account management. We are the, like, we are the core of all of that. Right. And so you have to work with everyone and everyone needs to work together for the customer and partners included. Right. Like it's another piece where you're like, it's not, it's, it's not this transactional model anymore. It is us in partnership, true partnership, like working for these outcomes together. Yep. Um, and so you know, probably, I mean, what we've learned too, is we've seen, um, again, like testing out your hypothesis is super important. So worked with a company that was like, okay, here's how we're going to do our partner program. And then they went and talked to their partners about it. And the partner's like, I'm not doing any of that. And so, <laughs> you know, we had to go back to the drawing table and say like, you know what, we thought this was going to be good, but like, 
hearing from a partner, it, these 10 things means, okay, it can't work that way. All right, so we have to come back and redesign this in a way that they're, they're capable of, of working within it. Um, and, uh, and so I like, it's, there's just so much, I think of that investigation up front. So JD, your point, like when it's all just like calling in favors and it's really casual, I think that's great. If you're taking in that information, you're going to do something with it. Like it can't survive that way, but there's probably a necessary period of time where you're like, well, does it help if we bring a guy like this in and to do the demo? Cause he's really good at it. And so, oh, on our partner success team, we probably need people that specialize in this, 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 and this, yeah. right? Because like the core things that, that these guys need to be, to be successful. Yep. All right, cool. So I think we, we, uh, we've talked pretty much through this, maybe not at like a super detail level, but we talked about a lot of different elements. We talked about enablement of the partner and that being almost more of a consultative kind of motion, sort of like customer successes itself. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about the need to move from this transactional, just like we are in subscription businesses, right? Move away from transactional, move toward more of a life you kind of approach with each partner. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about different supports and elements that, that they need and different roles that are going to be involved. So I think we hit a lot of good stuff here. This is good. What else, any, anything else we should, we should throw in any parting um, thoughts about, you know, partner yeah. success. So um, just don't like, as much as you don't like have to reinvent the wheel. So like starting where you are, right. So it's a good time to examine, like if you have existing partner relationships and programs that are serving other functions, like how do you, how do you build on that versus trying to create something totally new, build it out and then bolt it on, right? Like as much as um, it can feel seamless to a customer, it's really critical. So, I mean, a lot of the bigger companies have a very well-established partner program they have yeah. partner you know people that own partner relationships that are that have been there for a long time so look at that and look what you can work with um because i do think sometimes again like we have this tendency to like spin these things up without um really consulting and really understanding and really empathizing with everybody that's gonna need to do that work uh and gen you know genuinely slowly introducing something into a, what is an already existing system is probably a better way to go than trying to create something that's really separate from that. Um, particularly if you have a strong partner program in place already. Um, but that's something that we see sometimes is again, like, you know, we customer success people get all like excited and we build things and we plan things and then we show up and we're, we're like, we're gonna do this. And then it doesn't, like the, the puzzle pieces don't necessarily fit with everything else that's going on. And so um, yep. that's a really critical part of it. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.